Welcome to another episode of Deck Hockey Focus. We are your number one source for deck hockey news, information, and eventually equipment reviews. Tonight's episode, we got... Mock. Shackleford. And me, Zach Hurt. I guess let's just jump into it, guys. Here we go. Let's go. And we're off. Blast. It's going. Okay, we had a huge announcement this week. Waterloo Tournament. Um, Mock, do you want to fill us in on some details there? Uh, Well, I think the first thing right off the bat... Uh, Shackleford's more the expert on the numbers and things, but just to see uh, the monetary value, the prize money go up so much. I think from what two thousand two thousand last year to four thousand yeah. this year. I mean, that's literally double. So uh, I would say that's trending upwards. I think maybe we might see probably not that kind of jump for the summer tournament, but I wouldn't be surprised if there's. Uh, a bigger, bigger a solid work. solid growth as well there. Also, the salary cap has gone up dramatically. Yeah, it's up to two plus. It's 180 points. Yeah, that's incredible. Which Three is, plus, which is, which is essentially a D1 it's, tournament it, at that point. Well, and it, it's that way because, as we know, Waterloo does not have a, a D1 league. Their top league is actually D2 plus. They're D2 plus. But they're carrying D1 talent. Well, I was actually talking From to Patty. Summer tournament, we saw it. Right. I was, talking to, I was talking to Patty about it the other day, and we were talking about Springfield uh, 2 plus and waterloo two plus and if they were to come and just join with r2 plus and play and he was like it would be everyone would be on par nice. like their two plus is almost like a uh half a step above ours from at least what i've heard i have no actual evidence for that other than just great through the grapevine and stats and stuff but well you saw it in the summer tournament last year in d2 waterloo going to the championship game winning that yeah so, the, I mean, obviously the talent pool is there. So not having a D1 is not a bad thing for him. Well, and I'm pumped that hopefully the weather turned around this year. Because, yeah. I mean, we had a blast last year. But, I oh, mean, if the, weather, if the weather's like it's been these last couple of days where we're looking like mid-60s, 70s, and sunny, oh, that's going to be so much fun. Yeah, I think the turnout's going to – you're going to see more people hanging around the deck this year. And oh, like for sure. And the atmosphere, the atmosphere is going to pick up. Last year, the, it wasn't Waterloo Tournament's fault. It was – 34 yeah, and raining. 17. Yeah, <clears throat> moving <clears throat> moving on to three plus, you have up to fifty eight points, which I don't I don't know the point. It's also a on. dramatic it's, increase. Yeah, it's it's pretty pretty intense. That's on par with summer tournament D two. Okay, yeah, and then in four we uh, we have eleven points available, which is really close, to like a four plus or even a three D three team mm -hmm. uh, in our regular leagues. I think uh, lots of money to be won again. Uh, two plus you can pull down two thousand dollars in shirts. Uh, three plus thousand dollars in shirts and four plus four hundred seventy five dollars, or as we have it written up here, point four seven five k to that team. <laughs> uh, a couple I, other things to note: uh, we're gonna have all live stats for that tournament. And the big new rule is the e bug. E bug. Emergency backup goalie. Oh, sweet! That's long overdue. That is long overdue. Yeah. So as long as they're not rostered on a team in that league. You can reserve the rights for that player. Holy cow, that's so good! So yeah, you don't have to you don't have to roster a guy that's doing good playing out, but then can also strap on the pads in an emergency. Yeah. You can just actually have an on call backup. Yeah, but there's rules and context behind it. Like he, he's not your backup goalie. You can't pull your starter. E bug, emergency backup goalie. Is that what that is? Yep. I like that. I've never heard that. Yeah, e bug. I learned so, a thing today. That that's new this year. I'm pretty sure they're going to take it to summer tournament as well. But awesome, awesome. I love it. We'll see you guys out there in three weeks, uh, the weekend of May 18th to the 20th. Uh, hopefully you go out there and score some goals that weekend. All right, deckheads, don't forget we uh, do have the custom etched 
glasses uh, still available. Talk to Patty for those. Take a peek. They're on top of the popcorn machine if you want to take a look at kind of the quality of them. Uh, but we can put anything on there for you guys. Uh, if you buy them as an entire team, they're $10 a glass. We can put any name, any number, any logo, anything you guys want. We can customize those for you. We do appreciate everybody that has bought some of those. Helps us get new equipment here. Uh, helps us keep the quality of the podcast high and uh, and really makes this whole thing a lot easier. So take a peek at those. Let us know if you want anything. If you do have any questions, talk to Dom or Pat. All right, guys. Uh, as you probably have noticed, the refs are looking pretty darn good in the new jerseys here. Uh, really stepping the game up. So we think it's important to keep everybody as educated as humanly possible. So I got a bit of a scenario that I want you guys to mull over uh, and uh, see if you can... Uh, I guess to determine how things play out with the scenario. So I'll lay it down for you. So it's not so vague. Uh, so the scenario I want to paint for you here is uh, we've got red team. We've got blue team, right? Red team gets a two minute penalty. Doesn't matter what it is. Normal. Yeah. Okay. And then on the ensuing face off, maybe five, 10 seconds later, coincidental penalties, right? Okay. 10 seconds later on the next face off red team, gets another penalty and okay. then all penalties expire without any stoppages. How many people are on the deck? I think I've got the answer here. Um, if you guys think, you know, let us know in the comments uh, of this episode or yell at me while I'm out there refing. I won't give you the right answer. I would much rather watch people flounder. Uh, also Travis Boyle, do not answer. Yep, if I can really make a caveat, if I can make a caveat to this, I would like none of the officials to answer this, and I want to throw Michael Holst. No answering Michael Holst as well. Right. Um, but yeah, so this is kind of coming from a scenario of a game that uh, I was refing. Albie was scorekeeping the other night. It's not this exact scenario, but we had a really weird scenario where it ended as a five on three. Nice. Because uh, one of the teams pulled the goalie. So it kind of sparked this, and and I thought it was something cool to bring up. So tell me what you guys think, and uh, we'll kind of talk about the ins and outs next episode so stay tuned for that before we wrap this segment up we need to make a correction to the high sticking penalty discussion we had last episode um we reached out to nick and had a quick discussion uh nick wanted to let everybody know uh on a high sticking penalty if somebody gets hit in the face on the follow-through of a clapper it's not a penalty assuming it's not blatant or malicious contact, and the stick is below the shoulder of the shooter. And I think this just goes to show how hard our refs have it out there and how meticulous every situation can be. This episode brought to you by the Watertown Wolves. Congratulations, Watertown Wolves, and our own Nick Levesque on the Federal Hockey League Championship one this week. Hoisting the cup. And then what was the... Uh, what was the uh, Secondary win for Nick. Yeah, yeah. the other, out there for greatest or best player, favorite, favorite player, MVP, like fan, fan favorite, of, something uh, like that. But so yeah, I actually uh, I went back and I looked at the link after he had won, and uh, I didn't realize on there you can see how many people voted for each person, and you can see actually who voted. So like I'm listed in there, all you guys voted. I looked it up. So go on there and look. You'd be absolutely shocked how many local people from the Quad Cities showed up in mass to vote for Nick, and it's crazy what we can do as a community when we want something to happen. So go. 
pat your fellow teammates on the back. And it's just a good showing for everybody who just supports a good local guy like that. And like, it just, it shows how strong the community is here. And we're all really proud of Nick. We're all really proud of just the entire deck hockey so community. Congratulations, Nick. Congratulations, Watertown Wolves. Yeah. Nick, drink one out I of that cup. It? Drink one out of that cup for us. Way to score some goals, Nick. Yeah. <laughs> killing it. Mark, as, as we've talked about on the episodes before, you're reffing again, right? Trying. Um, you're, uh, you're noticing... a really cool shirt, by the way. We, we've had a few conversations, but what do you, to our listeners out there, what mistakes are teams making? What's the biggest one? I think the easiest thing to correct uh, is on an odd man situation, whether it be maybe not an odd man rush, more so a power play. I was actually reffing... Uh, a game the other day and there was when it was three on three uh, the team that I think ended up still winning when they were when they were at even strength they seemed like they had the upper hand and then the second they went on the power play they kept possession but their scoring chances were garbage so I I think it's important to have a game plan going into that um, and kind of know what you're doing and know everybody's roles and even if you don't have a predetermined line you should at least have some structure to it. And I think some of that can be done through going and watching the upper league players and seeing kind of where they stand. And there's a couple of different ways you can do it, but I've seen so many people trying to screen the goaltenders. That is a five on five hockey play. And this is not a five on five league. Stop screening the goalies. And so in this individual game, the thing that bugged me the most, I'll let you have the floor after this, but they were putting two guys in front of the goalie trying to screen or get rebounds, but they were essentially between the, where the hash marks would be almost in the crease. And then both defenders are marking them. And then the only person ever taking a shot was from the high slot, maybe the point, the middle point. And he's just taking a wild slap shot at four bodies, four bodies in a goalie and everything, nothing made it to the net at all. The goalie didn't make a single save. It was just hitting bodies, hitting traffic. And it's just not a good way to score. So Mock just uh, said it like the screening the goalie idea is a five on five ice hockey strategy because you have the additional guys in a three on three deck game, smaller rinks. If your power play strategy is to put a player in front of the net, you've reduced your power play to a two on two game because the guy in front of the net is now irrelevant. Especially the the defenders can go just defend the other two players. Well, and you're shooting from close enough in to where screening the goalie isn't a a factor like their reaction time is so diminished based on where the shot is coming from that screening them isn't really going to affect the goalie enough to influence the team that much what you need to be looking for is possession yeah possession good passes and then really you're just trying to thread the needle it's a patience thing yeah see i'd rather be in a better position like rather not that i'd rather sit in the high slot i'm not screening if that if that slap shot misses and hits that backboard it's going to bounce right back out to me and then i've got a pretty quick shot in high slot meaning like right outside the crease yeah see i'm gonna go the opposite mm, way if I'm, I'm gonna say stay wide yeah, yeah okay. a power yeah, play, i want a guy up top quarterbacking and then two guys out on the half boards right so maybe a half board and one guy deeper and then you're just rotating yeah you're yeah. passing you're making a move and you're waiting for your opportunity so people might be familiar with like an umbrella and i know that it's an option in a lot of video games that you can set your uh, in the NHL yeah. video games, you can yeah. set how you want to play and you need to think of it like an umbrella where there's one guy up high and then you have two guys on the sides and that's going to be a rotation depending on who has possession, you know? So, you know, obviously the, the 
offside guy is always going to sneak down a little bit lower, but really what you're looking for is to isolate someone back door and get that through pass to them, you know, and then the contingency plan is to take a rip and then hope that you get a decent rebound. Yeah. The concept isn't to take a hundred shots. It's to take the one right shot, one shot, one goal. Yep. So what, what the theory is there and what you do is if you have your guys wide is you're passing back and forth, back and forth. Just moving and moving it, moving it, letting that defense react and the goalie move and waiting for that one wrong step or that one misstep and then feeding. Absolutely. Well, and can we transition this into what happens when you need to pull your goalie if you're down in the third? Because uh, I've seen that. I've seen that scenario play out as well, where you're down by a goal or like maybe a period points and you're down by one and you need to pull that goalie. Mm -hmm. And we had I had a lower level game where. They, they, the one guy was so, he'd never even crossed the center line. He was almost playing like a a goaltender, like a high goaltender. And I was like, other goalie. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, there's no point to play your goalie. If you're not going to be part of the attack, the point is to blitzkrieg this and score a goal. And you need to be hyper aggressive. Yeah. You're not going to lose the game by giving up a goal. You're going to lose by not scoring a goal. So go score a goal. Yeah. And it just, it's something, something to be said for that. But when you have the odd man, it means that someone is open by default. You have more players than them. That means there should always be a passing option and don't hide. I see a lot of guys and I'm, I'm sure that we've said it and touched on it before guys want to go to their, their favorite spot to score and you need to go to wherever is open. So find that pathway, you know, yes. Look to the soft area, whether that's behind the defenseman to the high side or the low side back door, whatever it is, but you want to be able to see that runway where the ball can reach you. The point is to be accessible to whoever has possession rather than go to the spot where you want the ball and force them to try to get it to you. That's really, really hard to do. They have to put it through traffic. Get open, and then maybe you're not the one that scores, but when they give it to you, now it restructures. Now everything changes. Now a different person goes and gets open. Or over 30, 45 seconds of that penalty, and you're rotating, you're moving, you're eventually going to make it to that favorite spot because you made everybody else adjust to you. Mm-hmm. If you go camp in that spot, the defense and goalie, they don't have to play against you anymore. They know what you're doing. And good example is the <clears throat> the power play we had in two plus. Uh, Patty was out there. Somebody else was out there with him. And Pat turned in probably the most terrifying penalty kill I've ever seen. He had probably just as many scoring chances as, as we did just based on pure hustle. And he just dogged us, dogged us, dogged us. But once we got it into the zone, we had our we had our pre-programmed positions. So, you know, I had the ball top corner. And if you're going to give me that shot, uh, it was, it was on back door pass, whatever it was, but I jammed it back door and we found that tiny little spot that was open for a half a second. And we got that back door pass. And it was, it was a, it was a, a power play where, Pat literally had possession in our zone for almost all of it. But the second we got possession in our zone, we set up immediately, got the pass and scored because we had the idea in our mind and everybody knows their role. So you go on autopilot. That goal was scored on me. I know exactly how it happened. And it was pretty, like it wasn't that Kozak wasn't covered either. Our defenders were there. He had a quarter step on him. You saw it. You guys both knew what was going on. There was almost no daylight. Yeah. That quarter step was, we're in sync. We know what we're about to do. It was the reaction time between Kozak doing it and our defender realizing it. Absolutely. And it was a split second and it was more than enough for 
wide open back door. Well, and it's nothing. It. So the and and correct me if I'm wrong. Squatch, feel free to jump in on this. Well, I feel that when you get, especially a two minute power play, if you don't score, that is a that is an issue. You should score on every single power play. I agree. At one minute yeah. power plays, maybe I can give you some wiggle room there. If you don't score, it's not a huge issue. But on a two minute power play, you should have that dialed in to the point where you're scoring 90% of the time. And the thing that's being negated from this conversation or hasn't been brought up yet is actually just the goalie itself. If you're moving that ball left and right constantly, yeah. the goalie's doing up downs, up downs, up downs, left and right. And wearing it's them out. Exhausting. Yeah. It is. It's yeah. It exhausting. Sucks. And like, I'm a little bit taller than you, um, Shaq. So like, uh, if you I'm try to like eight inches, yeah. <laughs> so if you try to screen me, most of the time I can see right over you. It's mostly irrelevant. Well, and and a lot of the times, like you, you're going to see this in the higher leagues. There's not a lot of screening going on, but the goals yeah. are all either good enough or flexible enough to get down low and see around you. Yeah, yeah. We're going to see the play. We know what's going to happen. We're already, absolutely the same structure and strategy that you guys are coming in. Everybody in that league's smart enough to already understand it. But what you can do is capitalize that same scenario into the lower leagues where the speed's going to be there, but the patience and you know everything else may not be, and there's going to be a little bit of overcommitment. So if you play smarter and just be patient, have the composure, right. and then just wait for the opportunities, yep. they're going to yeah. present themselves. Don't pull and the I, trigger I too soon. I can tell you, yeah. as like a lower league player, I all I see typically is like I know the shot's just going to come from the point every single time. Yeah. It's just going to come down from the point. And then I'm like, well, I'm just going to try to cover it and then hold it here until the ref comes. I'm going to chew another 10 seconds off the clock, and you guys are going to walk away without scoring. You yeah. Know? And that's that's what we're talking about here. You got to you gotta move it more if you want to score every time. Just bombing it from the point, it can be a good strategy if you have the right guy up there. But it's not the most optimal be selective at all times. Be selective and be be less selfish, I guess. You know, if 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 you're if you're looking at it and you're thinking, mm, maybe wait on it. If you're shooting on the power play, you need to be a hundred hundred percent convinced in your own mind that you're going to score yep. that goal. This comes off if my stick; it goes in the net. Half, just a thread of doubt in your mind. That's a pass. It's got to be all high, high, high probabilities. Yep. Absolutely. But I think that is the number one thing that, that people can work on is just one, well, one thing it's, it's getting it between the ears, but it's where that team play comes in and having a power play line is just so incredibly important. And even if you don't run a, a, a firm line every time, everyone should still know what, what the their role is. is. Yep. Here's the strategy. Here's the shape that we're trying to do. This is the play we're trying to accomplish. Whatever the pieces of the puzzle are, this is where they need to fit. So having that pre-programmed is going to just help leaps in absolute bounds. Yeah. So this is an added segment uh, from what we typically do. And honestly, this came back from feedback from you guys at that. These are people who are asking questions, wanted us to talk about it. So if there's anything else you guys want, want us to talk about, want us to dive deep on, let us know. This is how this content's made. So right. And can I touch on one more thing before we wrap her up? is when you do get that shot, you don't have to crush it. It no. doesn't have to be a 100-mile-an-hour slap shot. It has to be on net. Exactly. And if you get that backdoor pass, it's it's almost like bunting or hitting a ground ball. Put her in. tap Tap, tap, tap I mean, seriously. <laughs> yeah. It, you got a yawning cage. Just make sure you hit the net. You don't have to snipe. You don't have to go bar down. You don't have to crush it. Make sure it goes in. 
the ball crossing the goal line counts the same regardless if it's 10 miles an hour or 100. Absolutely. Don't put it off the cage. Don't don't smack the crap out of it and miss. I mean, if you're not the most confident person, just make sure you got a good grip on her and and, and just make sure it goes in. And keep your sticks on the ground. That's the Absolutely. biggest thing you guys need to do. So. Oh, yeah. Sticks down, sticks in the lane. Mm-hmm. For sure. For sure. But Anyways, yeah, if there's, if there's anything else you guys want us to touch on. Yeah, thank you guys for uh, the comments and the feedback. That's how this segment came about. So anything else you guys want us to talk about, please let us know. We are, for some leagues, about halfway through the season right now. So I think it's time we give you guys a little bit of an update on where the top teams are at the moment. And I, I want to caveat this that some teams have played six games others other teams have only played four the lowest so, i've seen is three yeah it's it's not always it's not, not all counting d1 best, D- d1's different because there's so few teams right as of this saturday um this is where we're at this is who's in first uh, i'm not saying anybody's better or worse for that i will um, just an update. <laughs> um, but can we just acknowledge that if some teams have played six games already where's the time gone the uh, season just started it seems like right it seems that way i think the weather has a factor in that uh, so who are, we, who are we kicking off with? Are we going to start at the top or are we going to start at the bottom? I think we, let's, you know what? We always start at the top. Let's change it up today. Let's go start from D5. Absolutely. Our new favorite league, D5. Yeah, so the expansion top. league. Yeah, and we've got uh, one team that's kind of, the cream is rising to the top a third of the way through the season at 4-0 is the old folks home. Yeah, they have Kramer and Nett. Oh, Pretty really? Yeah. Oh, did he have a shutty the other day? I'm not sure. I feel like I rafted and he either had a shutty or he had one going into the third. Don't quote me on that. It might have been Stone because Stone's been playing in net too. Nice. But anyway, good yeah. Yeah. It's a good I That's probably where I'll start with my goalie <laughs> career when it happens. But uh, so for uh, 2018. D4, where are we looking? Uh, D4, it's kind of a mixed bag. You got Jimmy O's, who's 3-3. Three and three. They're on top in the standings. Wow. 3-3 three and three leading. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. They've got a game on everybody, though. Yeah. Oh, two games on pretty much. Yeah, Genesis Dexilla. Um, actually, they've been around since uh, one deck era, and yeah. they're three and two. They're only three points down. And can, can I note? Can I, I note? Angry Beavers only has three games and forty three points. That's pretty good. So they're tied with, or they're they're basically two, three, four points behind the top three, and they've got two games in hand, three games in hand. So I would say look for them to shoot up. Oh, for sure. Moving on to D4 plus, we got uh, pretty much a tie right now at the top with uh, Tracos and BD Bandits both being five and one. Um, I think we're seeing possibly a new resurgence of a franchise in BD Bandits. They seem to be doing pretty good. Well, you uh, see that the franchises, the yeah. franchises are taking over. So Tracos is, I guess, technically leading based on points, even though they're tied with the actual record. Followed by BD Bandits, followed by QC Devils. Those are all three franchise franchise teams. teams, and this is the farm team that leads up into the top level. So, like, I mean, you know, anecdotal evidence, but I would say. There's something to be taken from this whole franchise thing. And we've talked about it multiple times that the franchises are kind of the ones that are being elevated. Let's call it that. Yeah, yeah. Or top teams that have, you know, a D2 team that has a three plus or a three or some association. Yep. So they're bringing in new players. Helps you stay relevant over time. Helps you stay relevant over time for sure. And it it keeps your your tournament teams absolutely packed with talent. It gives you so many options to mess with mm-hmm. and so awesome. But anyway, let, let's keep her moving. Yeah, D3 open. Um, Q 
Kill Squatch Engage is in second right now. My team. Does anyone? Oh, you're on that team. That's why it's yeah. called Kill Squatch. Because they all want me dead, apparently. <laughs> um, Nightshades is in first. Nightshades six and zero. Oh. Uh, we only lost to them. Pretty competitive division. How's the women's the team top. doing? Athena and Nat. How are they? Uh, could be better. They have some fundamentals they need to work out. Um, once they work out those fundamentals, they can be competitive. Playing with a lot of heart. Oh, yeah, yeah, D3. Yeah, Dex of Hazard right now, 4-1, and one, um, followed by Infuego at 3-2. and two. Yeah, I'd like to take a moment to thank Dex of Hazard for reaching out to us. We will be making your glasses for you guys. If uh, any other teams are interested, we are making glasses, $100 for your whole team. Every player will get a personalized glass with their name and number and your team logo. Ten bucks a person. All righty. So, three plus now. Um, the Mound, 5-0. and oh. Excellent. I, yikes. Yeah, that. That that's a pretty solid team. Yeah. Hey, but hey, bringing it up, Irish Mafia. They've got a they. Irish Mafia has a game over, but that's another franchise. Like we said, <laughs> holding it down four and one and in three plus. So uh, speaking of Irish Mafia, you got Chad Canelli in that there, who's leading the league in a lot of those stats, and PJ Collins is number one. Well, we were over the top talking about Chad the other night. Yeah. And I could probably spend an entire episode talking about Chad. We but love Chad. One of my big things in the off season and kind of with the basement basics thing uh, has been. My tagline has sort of been toil and obscurity. Shut up, put the work in, let the results show what you've done. And Chad Kennelly is the absolute epitome of that. He has made leaps and bounds of improvement. And I would encourage you guys to watch him. You can learn a lot about being a fundamentally sound goaltender. So speaking of Chad in D2, Chad is again, leading all divisions. Really? Yeah. Yeah, With the daily. Yeah. Who Who knew the secret to being a good team is three beers in 10 minutes. Dailies, dailies are in first, by the way. Yeah, they're five and zero, and uh, you got Whip- seventy three points, dude. They are wasting everyone. <laughs> well, this is, I think, the call out in D two right now is like Wix is four and zero. They went, they're at forty eight points. So the disparity is growing. So yeah, they never uh, miss penalties. It looks like. Uh, it was, uh, I think, last year where my first season with the dailies before Chad took my spot. Um, <laughs> I, they had six penalties an entire season. Wow, that's that's impressive. Mutiny in third, yeah, and then in uh, D two plus we got Mound and first with forty nine points, two and three. BD Bandits chomping at them behind, uh, two and two. So they're, you know, they're a game behind. You know, and there's only a twelve point disparity there. They could really come back and jump them and to pretty it, quickly. Yeah, put it in context. Irish Mafia right now. I it's a we're getting to short. Uh, Short team kind of range here. Yep. Irish Mafia technically in last place with three games, but at twenty eight points. So yeah, but Mount has five games. Exactly. Yeah, that's it's, what I'm saying. It's so it's so early in the season. Yeah. I mean, some of the other leagues, the lower leagues especially, are already about halfway through. But when we start going to the top, you know, there's not been a lot of games played. And you see it here where Mount's played five, Irish Mafia's only played three. So these right. are the D two plus D one right now. It's just it's it's way too early. The important the important thing in two plus to mention here, I think, is that Irish Mafia is one win away from being ahead of BD Bandits. Um, so that's really important to me. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, it is because it's a jump from technically last place. Oh, I want to take well, I want to take down other franchises and prove which one is the best. And ever since I got that leprechaun on my chest, baby, I drank the Kool Aid. <laughs> I love it. Um, so wrapping it up, D1 here, uh, Duck City's 3-0. You got crew at 2-1. Uh, and one. We know that schedule is adjusted uh, just because there's only four teams, and we got so many other teams in the lower divisions. Uh, they just haven't had the time to get those players in. Hi, Rams. So with that, um, not to name drop, but three games in, you've got Pat with 10 points and Derek McMillan with 10 points as well. 
kind of tied at the top there. So we're a lot of good things. You're you're gonna see a lot of movement here. Is what I'm saying in the in the uh, the upper leagues. Not a lot. Uh, not a lot to report there. So a long season to be played. Well, did we touch on the women's league? Uh, we're gonna wrap it up with the women's okay. League. Fantastic. I just want to make sure because I don't have any notes on the women's I, league. Ironically, the rental guys are three, oh. are three and zero. Oh. <laughs> just one more two and one, and uh, Deck Magic's right behind them. And Deck Magic is one of those teams that routine championships. They've been rocking it for years. Who is uh, who's Nikki playing for now in net? I'm not sure. I I have no idea either. Interesting, because I I don't think she's with Magic, or maybe she is with Magic. If there only there was like this thing that Nikki, reach out to us. We'll give you a free glass <laughs> if you tell us what team you're on. Uh, it'll only cost you ten dollars for that free glass. <laughs> Name, that, number, logo, anything you want. That that's a handling fee. The glass is free. So with that, guys, uh, we're going to wrap it up for this week. Uh, again, thank you for everybody who's reached out for content, talking about those power plays. Thank you, everybody, for listening. You know, we're all on teams. We pretty much live at deck after work hours now. So we see you at deck and, uh, you know, keep scoring goals.